0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Active Dads Podcast. Uh, Today we're going to be picking up on the second part of um, goal setting. So we kind of went over fitness goals and we talked a little bit about our fitness goals in the last episode. This one's going to be based around personal and professional goals. So with most things, you know, uh, anytime you choose a course of action, you want to make sure that you have an endpoint. You know, I don't want to just go work for an employer to get a paycheck and go home for the rest of my life. I have to have a little bit more meaning behind it. I have, to, I have to kind of see what the future holds for me. That way I can have a direct plan or create a direct plan to get me there. Does that
1: make sense? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that should be like the goal of everything. But before I go any further, when we were talking about fitness goals. Yeah. Being that it was... Thanksgiving last week, my whole goal was fitting that whole pie in my mouth. (laughs) Nice. Yeah, I did. I totally might have blown a few fitness goals. (laughs) Popped a few buttons.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, it happens. So anytime you're looking at the holidays, of course, the diet can veer off track. Biggest part's just getting it back on track, you know. Go ahead. The
1: triple Ds. Triple Ds. Yeah. Was the triple D diet, point. drinking, and depression all around the holidays? Mm-hmm. Diet goes to heck. You start to drink more, and you're usually depressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible that's way. How it, <laughs> <laughs> that's how it works for me. It's a
0: terrible <laughs> way of uh, looking at the holidays. I well, gotta New spice person. it up a little bit. Get yeah. like the, I Oh, mean, mean, don't even sure. wrong. I do yeah. my fair share of uh, drinking. Diet usually stays on track though because we try to not go off the rails too far. I mean, don't get me wrong. I had some apple pie. I had some. Other desserts that weren't that fantastic. But at the same time, I try to taper everything. So whenever we go to my grandma's house on my dad's side, everything is fried. Everything is old country cooking. Like there ain't a healthy thing on the table besides what me and Sarah take.
1: Oh, yeah. Why would you have it any other way? Because I like the taste of healthy foods, too.
0: So whenever I go there, I usually fast that morning. So we'll eat there at 1230. That be the first thing I eat that day, yeah. and then I just try to get small portions of all the goodies, get a small dessert, and then eat a good salad for dinner. Try to offset some of the damage.
1: Sounds so lame. I'm not saying you have to do that. I mean, but I got up, I fasted, I baked the ham to take, and then of course I made sausage balls. So I had like I had a shake, coffee shake that morning, and that was pretty much it. I think I had a sausage ball just to test, you know, taste test, and then of course we went over there and. Psh, by that point in time, it was all better off. Nice. I loaded it down. In fact, I was complaining about the plate being too small. You <laughs> just got to stack it higher. And then I had a slice of pumpkin pie, and then I had some butterscotch yum-yum, and then this other chocolate stuff that was delicious. I had a bowl of that,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: you know, then I went into a food coma. It was great. Nice. Yep. Yeah, I didn't do any of that. And and then, I'm still working
0: on my uh, goals for next year, and so then I Friday decided to keep it on the rails.
1: Friday wasn't too bad until it wasn't and then Saturday I kind of did it all over again so it was kind of nice. Yeah. I mean you know I'm paying for it now because I look terrible in a bathing suit but it's 27 degrees outside who cares <laughs> <laughs> I suppose, man. Right, right. <laughs> right. But that's like the, I'm not going to agree with you. On that. <laughs> agree I with think me that's a terrible or else. It's not yeah. a terrible plan. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, so in our case, we had four functions. We had one Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Right. So if I go into all four of those with that mentality, oh, I've just got yeah. the better part of a week eating like shit, and I, oh, I can't yeah. do that. Yeah. I mean, so with me, you know, I mean, like I said, I get a little bit. Um, off track during those days but I always try to do something to kind of soften the impact you know and with me another thing too is one of my goals right now is putting on sites so I want to put on muscle mass but I don't want to put on extra water weight and extra fat so I just stay away from that stuff you know after I do my show in uh, June then I'll start looking towards other goals and moving away from that but right now I'm just focused on the the show Mm.
1: Mm. building some muscle Mm-hmm. You got a long ways to go, my man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's why I didn't eat like shit on Thanksgiving?
0: <laughs> yeah, but oh, no. I, got, I so,
1: got up Saturday morning and ran ten miles. I did. So there you go. Yeah, so I offset it. hmm mm-hmm. You probably burned off some of those calories then. Yeah, about fourteen hundred. Yeah. I doubt you burned off that much. Uh, according to my Garmin, that was—that's yeah. just according to my Garmin without the heart rate monitor. Fourteen hundred. So, there's probably more. You would
0: have to measure your heart rate Mm -hmm. to get that. Get your TDE?
1: Yeah, no, that's just like the baseline. Oh, okay. Based on
0: the average male.
1: Yeah, my height, weight, Mm -hmm. mileage, speed, all that crap.
0: Gotcha. Okay, anyways. So, there's
1: probably a lot more.
0: Cool. So, let's get out of the woods on that one. All right. So, uh, let's break it down this way professional goals what are some professional goals that not only you look for in your own profession, but that you look for in the people that are kind of coming up the ranks under you? Hmm. <clears throat> okay. Well, let's mean, break that to one. I mean, what look, are,
1: I mean, I look at, so, so everybody for, for me in my career, I like, you know, we've talked about it before. I kind of, I started at the bottom and I worked my way through the ranks. Um so along the way you you know, you, you work on leadership skills, developing leadership skills, developing interpersonal skills, um just a lot of growth and a lot of development. Mm. Now, times are a lot different today. You have employees who step into in the positions and assume that they already have all those skills. They've already developed all those skills and they're the next person. They're the next it. Mm. Whether they've, you know, grown in a position, started at the bottom, worked their way up, um, focused on, you know, building those skills um, and things like that. So that's, and that's a question. It was a question I had to answer this week. Um, In fact, it was uh, to me what are what is and as a leader what is one of the biggest uh leadership characteristics or traits or what's the most important to me or or do i think that people should have um so you know you can kind of lay all that out you know what comes to your mind you know uh, integrity um ethics um uh courage uh discipline um confidence all those things that realistically you know you should wane on you should use you should try to develop you should try to focus on some of those skills and traits and building those but at the point in my career I feel like where I came from and where I'm at now I should have pretty much have developed those skills and you know it's it's a little bit of fine-tuning here and there but to me, the one that seems to get overlooked the most, um, I think, in a lot of people is emotional intelligence. Um, and that's, that's simply understanding your emotions, the way you're, the way, what makes you tick, the way you work, um, but also understanding other, pe- other people's emotions and figuring out how to use your emotions to solve problems, your emotions to solve issues. Um, thinking brainstorming and all those things um, and realistically when you start to think about it all of those other traits integrity and and all those things they're all part of that they all make up who you are um, so that was my response to the question it was to me the most important character trait for somebody in a in a you know upper upper level management position or a director or something like that they' realistically, emotional intelligence is a huge is, is a huge trait that I think often gets overlooked. Um, and I think that's that's big with uh, I think that's something that it, when you're coaching with staff, or you're coaching with employees and things like that, that's definitely something that most people don't talk about. Um, it's kind of a uh, it's kind of one of those things in the, you know 10 years ago that it was taboo, you know. Keep your emotions out of things. You know, emotion doesn't have any, emotion doesn't have a place in leadership. And it's like, eh, it does.
0: In I some mean, situations, I definitely see that it's a good thing to keep emotions out of it. But at the same time, having good interpersonal skills is going to go back to teamwork. You know, we talked about a couple episodes ago. And <clears throat> also, that's that's one big issue, or that's one big area that I've always had issues in being introvert was Like, I had zero emotional IQ. You know, my interpersonal skills, interpersonal skills were very lacking whenever I kind of started working with the public one on one. Mm -hmm. So, for me, that was not only a professional goal, but a personal goal too, because it's helped out a lot in my personal relationships to try to build that up, try to work on interpersonal communications.
1: And And, that's, that's, and that's part of emotional intelligence. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it is,
0: and you're right. That's something that doesn't really get talked about, especially in in certain industries. It really doesn't get talked about. You know, like with you, you work with a lot of you know hard laborers. mm -hmm. So when you talk about hard laborers, it's kind of like, look, did you do the grunt work? Grunt work done, and then you go from there. You know, you don't really think about like taking care of the employees to make them want to stay. You know what I mean? A lot of employers have a terrible idea of not only how to treat employees but how to check in on employees and make sure that they're
1: still happy with their employment oh yeah i mean that's that's something that and i used to think it was a struggle it's not for me because Mm -hmm. so many people pointed it out that it was a flaw Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't get emotional about your job and i'm like but that's my livelihood i've busted my butt in my my field of work putting myself through college and multiple times, you know, certificates, certifications, um, building a reputation and what I do in the field, in my field of study. So no, you're wrong. It, mm. you want people to be emotional about their job and not an emotional fruitcake, You want people, but those are the people who care about what they do. Yeah. They're going to, they're the ones that are busting their humps, give you 150% every day. And and you have to be you have to be able to pick up on hey. Why, why did he just get upset in that conversation? What did I say that cued up his emotions? Um, yeah, because I can get tore up real easy on, on job. Like trust me, like you know.
0: Yeah, well, okay. Let me let me preface this real quick. So to me, there are two reasons to have a job. Okay. Mm-hmm. One is you enjoy what you do. Right. Two is that it pays enough to where you can enjoy what you do outside of work.
1: Yeah. Does that absolutely. make sense?
0: So I know a lot of people who don't necessarily like their job, but they're good at it and they get paid enough to where they can yeah. enjoy life outside of work. Right. All right. So the people who love their job, love what they do, the pay doesn't really matter that much. You no, know, obviously you need to cover your essentials. Yeah. But if you really love what you do, like you're helping people or you work at a vet and you're helping animals and things like that, I can definitely see getting emotional. Like with me in my career, I'm extremely emotional about my career because it's also my lifestyle. You know, I absolutely love doing this. I Mm -hmm. did it for years before I ever got paid to do it. Right. So to me, it's really hard for me to leave things at the office. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. This is my lifestyle. This is me. This is my brand. Yeah. So I get extremely emotional on this to the point where I know a lot of people that I work with think I'm just like a elitist prick. Yeah. You know, like I take a lot of pride in my trade right. and there when really. I see other people not doing that, I just don't associate with them. I just right. don't talk to them whatsoever. They don't exist in my bubble, yeah. but you know- Uh, take my wife for example my wife is working at a job to where it just kind of pays the bills you know it's not what she loves to do she's not a big fan of it more often than not something happens at work to where it pisses her off yeah but you know whenever she comes home I'm like just leave that at the office you know like this isn't your career this isn't what you love to do there's no point in being emotionally invested in a by the hour job yeah you know what I mean and Mm -hmm. I don't mean by the hours and hourly pay but I mean like you get paid to take care
1: of this problem when you clock out, forget about it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And, and for us at my house, it's, we're both so career driven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my wife's a high school teacher um, and, you know, she would lay down her life for a majority of her students. Yeah. And she'll flat out tell you that. I mean, she, those are her, those are her other kids. Um, whether, you know, if she sees you know, a kid need, you know, how can she feel that need? If it's, yeah a coat or food you know all mm-hmm. those things outside of just being their teacher you know you get you hear so much political jargon bullcrap with all this you know right left garbage about all oh, teachers and in indoctrination camps and blah 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 sometimes those teachers are the only friends those kids have because their parents
0: hate them yeah but you got to look at like the full spectrum like you can't generalize I know a lot of teachers when I was in college right. that were trying to indoctrinate people. <laughs> like well, like I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, they were saying, the ones who cared about I'm the not students. Saying you,
1: yeah, I'm not saying that doesn't happen. But yeah, what yeah, I'm saying yeah. is that anymore, this day and age, mm. that's that overplays the ones that are actually that actually care. The ones that are actually yeah. those the people like my wife that are willing to to do that. That yeah. actually, you know, they don't get paid the best the best salary, the, the biggest salary, and they do get crapped on a lot in their counties by their, by their counties. Um, but there are those, those ones mm-hmm. that, that are out there for the right reasons. Um, and they get overlooked. Yeah. Uh, and, but that goes back to emotional intelligence and not, people not picking up on that. People not seeing that the you know, same thing with employee, those employees that we don't, we overlook sometimes because we're not cued in, we're not cued in with our own emotions. So there's no way if we're not cued in with our own emotions that we're going to pick up on this person. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, it's, you know, I kind of had that, and I kind of had that conversation today, you know, it's, uh, you know, my job kind of went from here to here, like stress level wise. And like I said, both of our jobs are our careers. So when we go home, um, we don't leave it there. I mean, I I come in, I'm either carrying either you know it's been one of those days or she's had one of those days and you know so there's a lot of conversation back and forth but then there's a lot of work that you have to do at home because you're always on call your there's emails there's phone calls there's text messages now you know usually every evening through the evening throughout the evening um you know and and so you know it's you know, career driven yes um yeah but then there comes some times that you know that you're it's time to maybe stretch your legs a little bit in your career and, you know, look for wiggle room or is it is it time for something different, you know, um, in the same career. Um, same career, different location. Same career, different location. Yeah. I mean there's all that stuff that you have to think about. I mean, because there's there's that there's also that other piece of that, that whole peace of mind um part of your career like yeah. you can you can love what you do and love you know how you do it but then there's that if you're doing it but at the same time you're just not happy I mean you got to do something about that too because that starts to affect everything health home yeah um you just become so about the career but you're still miserable you know
0: yeah but I mean it can also ruin you on
1: it too. You
0: oh, know what yeah, I mean? yeah. Sure. So, like with me, you know, I'm an independent contractor. I basically, I'm in business for myself. Yeah. But whenever you're at a bad gym or like the owner just doesn't care about the gym as long as checks are rolling in, dude, it sours you on the entire industry. Yeah. You know, like you can work your tail off, you can train all your clients, you can keep the gym clean, you can do everything that you can. Yeah. But whenever, you know, like management, kind of the people that, you're kind of looking up to as mentors, something like that. Yeah. If they're not in it, if they're just going through the motions and they don't care anymore, then it's yeah. pretty easy to make you fall into that same thing.
1: Yeah, you know or just drive you yeah. completely nuts because yeah. you know you're still you're still on that. I'm trying to create something big. I'm trying to build. Yeah, yeah I'm looking at big picture, and here's all these things that are standing in my way. I we really got to do something about these. We yeah. really got to handle these, and it's just like. Eh. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, 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 we'll deal with, just deal with mm-hmm. it. Oh, yeah, and I mean, you got that, that and I mean, it's not always
0: ownership either. Yeah, you know, at some gyms, it's the other trainers you work with. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're working with a bunch of jobbers, who oh, yeah. you know, just they're doing this for extra money on the side, that'll ruin you too. Yeah. You know, I mean, not only bring your emotional state down and the way that you feel about you know the industry as a whole, All right, but it'll also you say it. I'm trying to think of the right words here. It'll also make it feel like they're not as invested oh, in yeah. the company itself as you are. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I've, I was actually talking to one of my clients last night, and um, she was she's not a complainer whatsoever. She's an excellent client, always happy, always giddy, had a terrible day at work, and she was like, I just need to vent for a couple minutes. I was like, let it go, you know, like. As long as you keep working, we can talk about whatever you want to talk about. Yeah. And she was just talking about how some employees at her office are just the bare minimum, what I have to do to get this paycheck, and yeah. they're out type people. Yeah. And she said this has been going on for years, and it's absolutely driving me insane. She's still looking at a career change, but she's also looking at an industry change, too. Right. She said it just it burns my ass up that they would let a bad employee destroy a good employee. Yeah. And that's a scary thought, man. Because mm-hmm. once that good employee goes, that bad employee is going to push out the other good employees to make themselves look good. Oh, To yeah. make it look like they're yeah. doing more than they actually are. And right. then once the good employees are gone, you're stuck with the crap employee. Yep. You know? Yep. And I've seen that happen so many times. It like actually pushed me back to uh, when I worked over at the leather factory. I had the exact same situation happen to me. You know, I'm yeah. working my tail off. I'm running. They need me coming on Saturday morning, I'm the first person to say, Yes, sir, I'll be here. You know, and then you got all of the slackers around that are, you know, moving at half speed. Yeah. Like they're doing their job, but it's as slow as possible without getting yelled at. Right. And you're like, why are these people making more than I am? Yeah. You know, like I, I do more responsibility. I do a quarter of their job for them to make them look good. And they can't give me a good job. They can't say, Hey, I put in a good word for you with the boss, any of that stuff. You know, so the bad employees literally just ruined the good employees to where it wasn't even worth coming in. It wasn't worth doing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just, and, and, yeah. Dealing with.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, kind of going back to what you were talking about, if leadership had more of an emotional IQ and they were looking at more than just, oh, well, this got done, it must have been this guy. Mm -hmm. Instead of, oh, this got done. Oh, okay. One of his subordinates knocked that out for him. That's cool. You know, yeah. like if they were in touch with the employees and they understood right. the emotional, um, I don't want to say the emotional intelligence, the they kind of understood what was going on at the lower levels. You yeah. know what I mean? Not just seeing, oh, well, this manager got this accomplished, but like which employee is right. the one who's putting the good foot forward and yeah. which employee is actually getting the delegation to knock this stuff out. Yep. You know, that would help out a lot, but it has to go down the entire ladder. You can't yeah. just look at the rung below you and be like, good job, guy.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: in that big roundabout way, you were telling us what your professional goals are. I
1: was. Mm-hmm. Oh, my professional. Somewhere goal, like 20 minutes ago or something. My so. professional goal now is to retire okay so so let's go between now and retire
0: i'm pretty sure that's a professional goal for everybody is to retire no
1: i mean that's really just a big goal now that's a like, big goal just cruise control to retirement yeah nice yeah i mean oh, that's it's, fun yeah so so now you know i'm seven ish years away from retirement yeah um in my career um You know, and it's, of course, it's looking at what I'm going to do beyond that. I mean, I'm not going to, when I retire, I'm not going to work a full time job. Um, That's a goal. Mm -hmm. Um, I'll probably have to work some, Um, but I'm kind of trying to set up for, you know, some consulting work with municipals and things like that for the future so I can kind of work my own schedule um, and enjoy life, you know, fishing on the coast and all that good stuff that we've decided we want to do. But, you know, between now and then, you know, there comes that time and, and depending on where you're at, you know, if you're a director or a manager or somebody in a leadership position, there, there comes that time in your career when you have to kind of decide, am I, am I where am I as far as I'm going to go in my career, as far as the ladder goes, um, do I, am I going to, continue to try to move forward to the next step. What is the next step if I'm going to move forward to the next step? But, you know, in my career, you know, there are some next steps, um, you know, and I have to kind of decide if I want to take those steps um, Mm -hmm. within, you know, between now and the next seven years. But then there's also that more important piece or at least important piece to me is actually, you know, developing, working to develop my staff. Uh, which you know that's that's an ongoing thing for me and that's that's always a goal is developing the next group of leaders um so you know between now and seven years from now i want to have identified and put the right people in the right places and make sure they've gotten the training and whatever it is they need so that when i do decide to step out that the right people take over um and they can continue to to grow and, and achieve and accomplish. Um, so, you know, I guess I kind of look at like the emotional intelligence and then, um, you know, I tend to, I tend to have more of a, uh, uh, servant leader, uh, mentality and, uh, and an empowerment. Um, so my goal is, you know, is to serve others. Uh, but I, you know, I'm always one of those that I would rather put myself blast you know out of the limelight but those people those workers in the limelight um and and really just empower them to do what it is we pay them to do um yeah. you know we spend so much time and in job interviewing people and trying to learn about them that it doesn't make any sense to not empower them to do what we hire them to do but so many times we put all this effort and time into interviewing people. Then we get them in here. We try to micromanage them. So I tend to I get the right people in the right places and empower them and pour into them. My experience. Um, oh Lord, here we go again. Uh-oh. Shut up. <laughs> and, you know, and, and help to develop them because there, there just, there comes a time in your career when you have to decide, have I gone as far as I'm going to go? And if so, it's time to focus less on me and more, on, on them. Um, so, you know, that's kind of my career goal is to whether I'm here or somewhere else, um, you know, make the best of that, but then also, you know, help develop and form the, the guys that are going to run, they're going to drive the boat. Yeah. Afterwards.
0: Yeah. And for I mean, success. So that's an important, <clears throat> that's a pretty important topic is kind of training a predecessor. Mm-hmm you know bring somebody in and I know a lot of people don't like to do that until you know the week before retirement because they feel like oh
1: well if nobody can do my job I've got job security yeah. I'm the glue that's holding that's holding this yeah. place together I heard that one my old boss um my the guy that, that I was I came to work for him and then he retired and then of course I moved into his job but yeah. um he was he had a huge ego Damn, um that's but not not like the brightest but a big ego, yeah, and you know, he made a lot of those comments, you know, I'm the glue holding this place together, and when I'm gone, they're going to da 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 and we've gone a full 180 from what we were with him, and I mean, and it's uh, it's blatantly noticeable. I mean, you know, you hear it all the time, and we took it from, you know, the whole goal was, well, either we'll we're either going to sink, or we're going to succeed. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, kudos to to my staff and stuff, man. Those guys have rocked it the past eight or nine years or whatever. But just freaking raised the bar so high, you know, and and that was the yeah. whole goal. And we succeeded. It, it was a lot of freaking work. It was a lot of ups and downs. You know, we went through some folks, you know. Um, good folks leave, bad folks leave. I mean, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it was one of those things where I'm going to make it completely miserable until... <laughs> The day I retire and then I'm gonna go here you go. here's this here's the here's mm-hmm. the uh, well, I mean here's the plug to the thinking ship
0: also you kind of get in that feast and famine mentality as well you know I mean and in the personal training business and the gym business as a whole that's 95 percent of the industry is in that feast or famine things yeah. are going awesome or things are going terrible yeah they're not worried about the buildup. They're not worried about the plateaus. They're only worried we're either doing good or we're doing bad. Yeah. And there's no in between. Right. For me personally, you know, obviously I'm close to retirement, but not as close as you are to retirement. Yeah. I still plan on retiring when I'm 45. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I'll be
1: 46.
0: So. Yeah. Yeah. But, anyways, whenever I start getting closer to that retirement age um, that I've set for myself, I'm going to try to find somebody that I can build up, you know, like whether it's another trainer that I'm working with or whether it's one of my clients that want to get into personal training or anything, you know, every time one of the trainers here at the gym asks me questions, like I'm more than happy to tell them everything I know. You know, I'm writing a book on personal training right now to give away all of my secrets in quotation marks. Yeah. It's not a secret. Don't be an asshole. Know what you're doing. It's pretty easy to be a personal trainer. But that's one of my biggest things is you know especially in an industry where you're working for yourself where you know it's definitely a cutthroat industry. Mm. Um, when you start moving into online personal training, you got 10 million options. Oh lord, yeah. So you're trying to a <clears throat> step out of the shadow, but b not be peacocking yeah. to the point to where you're doing softcore porn to get clients. Yeah. Oh <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, hey, if that's your thing, more power to you. I was enjoying pushups. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> if that's your thing we're power to you that is not my thing i'm not a big fan of the peacocking you will rarely see me with my shirt off unless there was a reason for me to have my shirt off i'm not gonna take my shirt off and then talk into the camera for 10 minutes
1: after i saw that video memory yesterday i'll probably never have my shirt off again
0: (laughs) nice that's a good plan yeah yeah but but no you always won't I always want everybody I'm working with to be successful. We were doing box jumps, by the way. It wasn't
1: soft core porn or anything like that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I was not talking about that whatsoever. But thank you for interjecting (laughs) yourself. Completely honest. (laughs) Yeah. But no, I mean, I want my team to do as good as I am or better. Absolutely. You know what I mean? I want to be the weakest link because that means I'm in a room where I can grow. You know, people always say, you know. If you're the smartest person in the room, you're in the wrong room. Absolutely. There's a big thing with jujitsu. jitsu If you're the toughest guy on the mats, you're on the wrong
1: mats. I mean, you need to seek out more of a challenge to make yourself grow. I surround my whole, and, and people hear me say it over and over again, and even in job interviews, I'm like, I, my goal is to surround myself with people smarter than me. Yeah. Um, and, and it's, as you climb, and it's another one that you get kind of that third eye, you know, Really? Did he just say that? I mean, when you're in a room with all these you know, big leaders, you know, oh, yeah, oh yeah. Uh, God. Yeah, I'm the I mean, best I in everything. my field. And you yeah. say, uh, the higher you go, the dumber you get. Yeah. And they go, what? And I'm like, well, when's the last time you were out in the field? Uh, when's the last time you checked on, uh, when's the last time you put your fingers on the pulse of the industry? And, and what's, what's, up, what's the new up-and-coming thing? Well, uh, I don't know. I'm like, absolutely. That guy you hired to do that job knows that. Mm. So therefore he's just a little bit smarter than you when it comes to having the pulse on the, the pulse on the end a finger on the pulse of the industry. Yeah. And then you go, "Oh, my I'm, like, I'm not saying you're you know, I mean you might be an idiot, but um, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is But on is this you
0: definitely are. <laughs> <right>? I mean, <laughs> yeah.
1: the whole goal is, you know, while you're you're trying to so many people don't want to be behind the scenes. Everybody no. wants to be up front peacocking.
0: They won't be um, in that limelight,
1: man. All eyes on me. It's a box style. <laughs> I don't. I don't, you know, when it comes to, you know, awards and thank yous and things like that, I'm like, don't thank me. You don't, you know, I will, yeah. I'm going to come, but I want my staff to come get the award. Yeah. And I don't want to be in the picture. Yeah. Unless they ask me to be in the picture. Mm-hmm. I just, you know, that, that that's just kind of the way I am. That's part of the introverted. Part A, I hate pictures. But, mm-hmm. but B, I know who does the work. I mean, yeah. my goal is to just put all the, you know, the everything in the right spot so mm-hmm. they can get it right, you know. Um, but nobody wants to do that. Everybody wants to be the, the big guy, yeah. you know, and where the uh, slap where their the, name on top of the page. Absolutely. And I'm just like, yeah. no. Nah, I mean, and that's me, man. Like, if I don't ever get a great job, I'll be totally fine with knowing that mm-hmm. the guys did. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I learned a long time ago that uh, the whole thank yous and you're doing awesomes and pat on the backs. Like, you don't pay the bills with that. As long as my check's right, right, yeah, you'll absolutely. have no complaints. Like, at me. Yeah, my we, check comes up short, we're yeah. going to have some issues.
1: Yeah, I'm like, that's like the 30, 37th uh, great job and thank you I got, but... <clears throat> it's like zeros behind. 39th <laughs> conversation about... Uh, a raise. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. You,
0: you just got to look past that. It don't matter if you're giving 110%. Everybody around you's doing 40%. Oh, yeah. Like I said, as long as my check's right, I'm happy. Yeah. We'll have no issues. Yeah. But, and that's me too. With this industry, I kind of have to, you kind of have to put yourself in the spotlight a little bit because you have yeah. to have, you know, testimonials and you have to have, oh, yeah, this is my trainer. He's awesome. I'm not a big fan of that. You know, right. every time a client comes to me, hey, you know, I'm 30 pounds down from when I first started working with you. I'm like, see, you're like you're doing a good job. I'm laying the groundwork. I'm getting the yeah. plan together, but you're actually putting in the work. You know, the best laid plan is useless without execution. Yeah, they're the ones doing the execution. They're the ones that I give the praise to. I don't take any of that for myself. Yeah, because like I said, what I do is very basic, but at the same time, communicating that to where somebody else can execute it. I mean, that takes a little bit of finesse, you know, that takes some know-how. Luckily, I've trained with a lot of clients so far to where I can kind of read somebody's personality, what they're going to react to, what they're not going to react to in the beginning. So as far as you were talking about emotional IQ, I've kind of had to force myself to learn how to do that, to communicate with people from all walks of life. And it's worked out very good for me. But at the same time, man, I just, I hate marketing as a whole, you know, um, the gym original workout has you know hired a marketing guy to build a website to do the search engine optimization all that stuff and Houston does a fantastic job he is he's seriously a gym he knows not only the marketing side of things which of course he does he's a professional marketer but he also knows like the gym industry and the fitness industry and what's gonna get us up there and what we need to look at and all that stuff he talks to me Every single time I see him, we talk about like, why I'm not doing this? Why I'm not doing that? Why aren't you posting more pictures? Why aren't you on social media more? You know, Instagram is a great way to get clients. Why aren't you doing that? I'm like, dude, I can't, I can't walk around with my camera always on. You know, whenever I work out, the last thing I want to do is set up a tripod and hit record before I do my set. You know, like I just want to be left alone. Like if I could hire some little intern to follow me around with a camera all day, I'd be more than happy to do that. Yeah. But when it comes to me spending energy on that, I would rather spend energy on messaging a client or setting up another six week program for a client, doing something that I feel is productive besides just like flexing my abs in the mirror and putting hashtags on a post. Oh yeah. To me, like I understand when it comes to marketing, there is nothing better than social media. Especially in the fitness industry, but man, that stuff is so boring and is so tedious, and I absolutely hate doing it.
1: Yeah, and it was always tough for me with like race sponsors and stuff because you like got like you know a part of your contract is you got to constantly hashtag. Whatever the company yeah. is, and if you forget, well, they'll remind you real quick. Well, hey, why didn't you tag me in those <laughs> yeah. socks? Wear, no, right? dude, tag yourself. I'll like, send you the picture.
0: You post it. Yeah, I'm just here's like, my login.
1: It's like, first of all, man, it's just not me. Like, I love yeah. the product, and and thank you. Know, I wear the crap out of it, and people can see that. And you know, I wear that shirt with the name on it, and I'll get out there. I'm like, but that whole like putting myself on a pedestal thing, just I don't know because I always. I feel like I'm not only putting myself on a pedestal, but I'm also sticking myself up on a dartboard, yeah. you know, giving people an opportunity to say stupid stuff, you know, or, or react completely opposite to what we're trying to accomplish. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and I'm like that, like, and like we just talked about, I'm like that in my career too. Yeah. I, you know, if I can keep my, if I can keep my face um, hidden and people go, well, who takes care of that? Who's that guy? You know, who, yeah. who, who is that? I don't know. I'm totally fine with that. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm more concerned with having a reputation within the industry, with uh, you know, with other like-minded folks. So if you get exactly. if you get yeah. to talk to the professional down in Raleigh, it does the same thing, and they go, "Hey, well, talk to just talk to John back there and back there in Lenore." You know, we work together quite a bit. To me, that's more important. Mm. Um, is that is that kind of interpersonal reputation within the industry with other? Yeah
0: professionals Mm. exactly so a lot of my clientele either comes from my referral programs that i have with other health professionals in the area right or it comes from recommendation from my clients yeah so even though i don't do i spend zero dollars on internet marketing on billboards ads none of that stuff yeah but all of my clientele comes from word of mouth yeah my hero does you know i've got a page on the original workout website to where i've got like some pictures and i wrote a little kind of about me section yeah. and my philosophies. But ninety-five if not ninety-eight percent of my clients come from referrals from somebody in the area that knows me. So my word of mouth is what I keep high. To me, that's the easiest thing to keep up because as long as you're given hundred percent every time you're at your job, that's gonna stay high. Yeah. You know, I mean your retention rate is gonna stay high unless you start slacking off or, you know, you get in over your head and don't understand yeah. what you're doing when you become a personal trainer. So, same thing with that, man. Whenever I talk to the medical community that I know and, you know, that I associate with on a regular basis, I kind of get that imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, because, like, I'm talking to PTs about, you know, them sending their client over me because insurance isn't paying for any more uh, physical therapy sessions. So, they send them over to a personal trainer to help push them further along. I'm like, man, I don't know. You sure you you want to send them to me? Yeah like well yeah we send all of our shoulders and hips to you what do you mean like, yeah it's like you understand what the issue is don't you i'm like yeah i understand what the issue is and i understand what i need to do but like i don't know i've never played with this before you know
1: yeah i get the similar stuff like hey um we need you to come down to drive out to the out to wilmington and we're, we're having a conference We want you to do a you know hour and a half long class on this and this and i'm yeah. going you sure? Don't like, you have somebody better? Yeah, like, don't yeah. You, don't, I, I didn't write that book, but yeah. I mean, I can give the class. But yeah, okay. yeah, that was me, man. The, um, um, prime sure. example
0: of that is in a local acupuncturist that worked very closely with uh, Shea Klein over at Essential Circles of Life. Mm-hmm. Him and his wife is the masseuse there, yeah. Wendy Hall. They, I mean, they do an excellent job. They really know their stuff. They contacted me about doing a functional movement seminar for some of their clients that just need to, you know, figure out how to move in a more functional way, build some strength up, usually older clients or clients coming off of an injury. And I was like, man, I I guess I could like put a seminar together. Like when do you want to have it? You know, they're like, well, let's do it in a month, five, six weeks. I was like, okay, well give me time to put some stuff together. You know? So I went to the drawing board, hashed out everything, sent it back to them. they're like, this is awesome. Like, this is going to be a great seminar. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I hope it is. I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like I can send my work to the professionals and they understand it. Yeah. And they can say, yes, this is going to be a good thing or no, this isn't. Yeah. So whenever they contact me about doing the seminar, I immediately started jotting some stuff down, trying to go over some exercises, trying to go for some modifications in case somebody had a bad joint and then moving on from there. So like I said, even though I kind of felt like I had that imposter syndrome standing in front of the group. You know, they were yeah. off to the side. I'm like, okay, well, if the professionals know that this is good stuff, hopefully the attendees are gonna understand that this is some good stuff. Right. You know? right. But yeah, that imposter syndrome, man, that hits me hard every time I talk to my chiropractic friends, my masseuse friends.
1: Oh yeah, it's all of that stuff. And that, and that yeah, I mean that's in whatever industry you're in, I mean, that's one of those things like when you when you get in that industry when you become one of those people in the industry (laughs) one of the you know and you kind of create those relationships and contacts and of course they start leaning on you you show up and you go wow i'm really at this point where like (laughs) people want to hear me talk so i gotta get up in front of these 200 people and tell them how to do something the half of them probably been doing 20 years longer than i have Mm -hmm. and but you're doing it the wrong way here's the right way to do it yeah you know and and get them to buy into it you know mm -hmm. Um I I enjoy doing it. I it's it's nerve wracking as I'll get out though and I get so nervous. Um oh, and I'm public speaking's fine. I'm I'm totally fine with that.
0: You know? See, I'm not. See I, public they, speaking is one of my biggest fears, so I force myself to
1: do it every yeah. time I get a chance to. So the best thing for me with that was when I worked in children's ministry, man, and I spent 10, ten years like yeah. if you can get up in a room loaded with k through fifth graders and you can keep them keep them entertained, <laughs> entertained yeah, for 30 engaged. minutes on stage <laughs> and engaged you can talk to anybody i thought it was total crap until i started doing it but then man you like you started getting the that was awesome that was you know an engagement yeah. and you're mm-hmm. like well shoot it's not much different than talking to adults so I just talk to the adults the same way I talk to the kids now and it turns into a, a comedy slash and and, <laughs> and people will be like, My God, like what? Well, like you seem very standoffish and, and shy and hell half the time we're having a normal conversation, I can't understand a word. But when you get in when you get up on the stage, you own the whole freaking room mm-hmm. and you're like, Oh, really? And I'm like, Yeah, I mean, people are engaged or laughing. Yeah. And I'm like, Huh, okay. Um
0: you know. But nah man, for me it it takes me a while to like ease down. My anxiety hits the roof. Like when we did uh keto camp, what, like yeah, two thousand seventeen? Two thousand eighteen or something. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so whenever we did that, man, I did that uh well it's kind of functional movement then too, but it was more of an exercise analysis. I know, breaking I down do. some basic exercises. Your dummy. Yeah. Yeah, but like the first five minutes I didn't dummies. look up from my piece of paper that I had notes on.
1: Yeah, you did. I was like, I
0: can't do this. I'm just, I'm, I'm going to freak out. I'm going to freak out. I'm going to mess up. I'm going to stutter. I, this is going to happen. I'm probably going to fart while I'm up here. Like after that five minutes was gone, like my body just didn't have any anxiety left yeah. to pump to me. Yeah. So I was able to relax and move around. But man, during that first five minutes, it was absolutely terrible. And that's how it was during the functional movement seminar yeah. I did a couple weeks ago. You know, with me... Like I said, it's just the anxiety of being there. Once yeah. I get past that, I can relax. I can joke with the crowd. I can move around. I get that. But it's that. just those first couple of minutes to where I'm like, something's going to go wrong. This is going to be absolutely terrible.
1: No, I do. I have that leading up to, and I, but I have that with everything. Like if I'm if I have a race, like the night before, my race anxiety is through the mm-hmm. roof. Same way with stuff like that. No competition but, anxiety. Yeah. Yeah, but then once I, you know, and it's the same way with like giving a class or a speech or a talk or something, and then, you know, usually by the by the time I get there, I'm I'm usually, I've you know duked it out with myself and I'm good to go. But, um, but yeah, it wasn't always like that. Yeah. I mean, before the before doing children stuff, I mean, I was like, hi, John. <laughs> How are you today?
0: Hey, guys. I haven't talk about. I got, the, uh, about, yeah, I got the bullet points up on the board. Uh, let me know yeah. if you have questions me, privately. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
1: later. Me, I'll read these bullet points off to you and then your eyes on the wall the yeah. whole time. Like, don't make eye contact. <laughs> yeah. And there was that time I did fart on stage, like you were talking about. Nice. It was a, I was in a, I was seventh grade. Oh, I've never done that. I'm so nervous I'm clenched up.
0: Dude, <laughs> like I was clenched. <laughs> no
1: the good thing was I was clenched. It's a seventh grade band. We're on stage. I played trumpet. And so I was like second seat trumpet. And then behind us was another trumpet section. And man, my grandmother had got pizza for dinner. And I was like, you know, that's probably not a good choice. But I was, so I was nervous. I had that anxiety because I was yeah. on stage in front of the whole theater full of parents and, and students and everything else, you know. And so the, the director quiets everybody and does the whole ready thing. So, I pull my trumpet up, and we're in position, and it's just like, <laughs> So, it sounds like a trumpet, so I'm like, <laughs> I'll put my mouth to my trumpet, so they think maybe I was blowing in the trumpet. Just a misfire. It's like, <laughs> but then I'll turn around, and so that wasn't really working, people started laughing, I turned around the girl behind me, and I was like, I can't believe you did that. <laughs> and dude, she turned beat red, and everybody busted out laughing, so they thought it was her, so it was like... You're a terrible person. Yeah, she. I've been dealing with that ever <laughs> since. <clears throat> but yeah, it was that time I, I did toot on stage. Yeah, I blame it on the dog. Yeah. Even when she's yeah. not in the same oh, room, I did that. At the, house. the <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'll do oh, it while I'm God, in here. Oh okay. My. okay it's the dog.
0: Yeah. Okay, so we got completely
1: off topic. No, we didn't. So, professional and personal goals? No, we were talking, totally talking about all that. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, developing, it's all about mm-hmm. professional development.
0: That's true. So, personal goals. Usually, i found with a lot of my clients, and the awesome part about doing this podcast and being a personal trainer is I've got a ton of different people from all walks of life that I can kind of bounce stuff off of. Right. So, the one thing that I noticed whenever I was talking to my clients was a lot of their personal goals, like, matched up with their professional goals. Like you yeah. were saying, like, becoming um or growing your interpersonal communication and growing Mm -hmm. your emotional iq that helps out in all relationships not just professional
1: yeah
0: but some of the things that you do like a lot of mine you know i got talked about before my career basically is my lifestyle so usually my personal goals as far as public speaking as far as doing the mountain run they may not be geared directly towards my profession but right. they definitely help out in my profession
1: yeah oh yeah,
0: they're not mutually exclusive whatsoever you know obviously some other personal goals that are very exclusive from professional goals are just trying to you know be there for my son trying to help him grow into who he wants to be yeah. You know, and I mean, right now he's nine months old, so he's just kind of happy to be here. Yeah. But whenever he starts developing more of a personality and he gets his own interests and own hobbies, I want to be there to be supportive of him. Um, you know, as always, I want marriage to, <clears throat> excuse me, as always, I want my marriage to be a success and not mm-hmm. a task. So one of my personal goals is to learn better ways of communicating with my wife. You know, my mm-hmm. wife, she's a, uh, She's kind of an introvert herself, but her emotional IQ is, like, off the charts. Yeah. Her communication skills are off the charts, and, like, I have trouble communicating with my dog, so yeah. so I'm trying to learn about communication. She's done a great job so far kind of teaching me how to interact with other human beings, but it's basically just to get better at that, you know, and that will help me out professionally, but it's more geared towards my personal life than anything else. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
1: for me, I mean, we're kind of a different place. You know, my kids, he'll be a teenager this next year. So, he's kind of growing in development. He's in a, a little bit of a different stage. So, you know, I'm looking more towards, uh, you know, obviously we talked about a retirement. Um, what what are the plans post after retirement? post-retirement? Yeah. Um, And then getting myself set up for those plans post-retirement. So, you know, there's some licenses and certifications I'm trying to, you know, that I'm trying to to complete, um, within the next year or two years. Um, but they're all, they're all beneficial to my job and the field I work in, which I plan to to continue to work in past retirement, just in a different, you know, different capacity, different capacity. Um, because my what I do at work is, I mean, that's my livelihood. I mean, I've been doing it for, uh, 25 years. I mean, and I'm, you know, I'll turn 40 in March. So, you know, a long time. So, um, and that's just something I feel very in tune with, you know, my, my industry and the, and the stuff I get to do. So anyway, I can work in that field post retirement. Um, but then it's just like, you know, Figuring out where we are going to live. Um, you know, because we're talking like coast half the year, back home the other half the year. Um, yeah, I can't do coast, man. Yeah, man, we, yeah I mean, we've love talked it. about moving
0: out to the coast, but then, you know, the hurricanes roll in. We're like, eh, maybe, maybe not the coast.
1: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Maybe it's
0: just, somewhere that doesn't get the ocean beaten down on it for yeah, a
1: while. It's one of those things. Like, we're, uh, we've totally become like a. I mean, I'm a mountain boy through and through, born and raised in the mountains. and, and But I've also, like, have this crazy attachment and this love for the ocean. And I, it gives I, me this kind of, this, uh, I don't know, man, this charge and sense of energy that's just different. So I can
0: see that, but that's why we vacation at the ocean. Yeah. Like, one week at a time, I'm good with the water.
1: Yeah, see, I'm just like... I'm like, I get, I, I cry when I have to leave. I mean, I'll, don't I'm, get me wrong, i love After seven them days,
0: I'm ready to come back.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, I I didn't used to. I used to say that. Yeah. Absolutely. I'm like, I'm ready to get back. But now, man, it's just like, I don't know if it's the older I get, you know, just mm-hmm. that there's just something about it. I don't know. I got you. But that's probably where our kid, I mean, our kid's probably going to go to a coastal school. So our thoughts are we live closer to them, mm-hmm. you know, not right on top of them, but. In the same yeah, general area yeah. where, you know, he can still come, have somewhere to go and people nearby. You know, I'd send him off and no family or anything anywhere close. You know. It's a rite of passage, man. It is. Figure it, it, is. it out. Um,
0: yeah. But now we uh, we plan on, well, actually beginning of the year, we're moving back out to the country. Yeah. Too. So we're just getting tired of being in the city. They're overdeveloping our current neighborhood. We're gonna go from being in the back of the neighborhood with the woods to yeah. basically being in the middle of the neighborhood with houses on all four corners. Right? Yeah. Yeah, screw that. yeah they're overdeveloping our neighborhood. So I talked to my wife and she's always grown up in like a thick neighborhood. She's never like lived out in the woods yeah. like I have. And I told her, you know, the place that we hunt at in Vale, the woman's getting it cleared off and selling the lot like what do you think about moving out there starting a little farm having our own little hobby farm out there yeah middle of the woods like no city you know half an hour drive to anything that resembles a city yeah it's just like yeah it's like let's do it that was always the plan whenever we were tired was to move out to the farm in Kaiser. yeah so if we can go ahead and get a farm started in Vail I'm more than happy
1: with that I used to hang out in Kayser
0: Oh man, my grandma still lives out there. Hanging out at so, the mall. You know what the mall is? The post office and the convenience store. Yes, <laughs> that's the only thing there. That's the mall. They actually have a fire department. Oh, well, we called the mall
1: the convenience store. Oh, but, the convenience yeah, store. I used to yeah. well, you get that
0: Hunt's brother slice pizza. That's
1: right. I didn't uh, have Hunt's brother when I was out there. No, I had anything. A, then. I dated a girl out there. Yeah. You, yeah. you just go not. to tractor
0: pull, at Bellwood.
1: Yep. Yep. You, you might still go that. there every year. You might know the girl that I dated. that was out there. Yeah, Probably going to bring her name up.
0: Seems how the like, there's like 300 people that
1: live in Kazer. Yeah, yeah. And it's like I think it was yeah. like 79 when I was hanging out out there. <laughs> Three of them were cows. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um,
0: yeah, but, but yeah. nah. So we're gonna do that. That's the personal goal. Just get away from the city. I tried it for four years, couldn't take it. So we're headed back out
1: to I the woods. My goal will be to keep our mountain, our current mountain house. And then something small at the coast. Um, yeah. Now, coastal-wise, we're looking at country coast, not um, city coast. It's not um, like Hilton Head. No, no, no. We, we're looking at, like, Swansboro, which I, I love Swansboro. I don't think I've it's, ever been uh, there. If you ever get a chance to go, go. Maybe we can take you with us one of these days. I'll um, do it. Maybe in next year or something. Um, but Swansboro is great. We we kind of stumbled upon it on our, our annual uh, Emerald, we started going to Emerald Isle, and we kind of fell in love with that area. And then Swansboro, we you know we started we started going to a restaurant there, and got to be real good friends with the family that owns the restaurant. And so then we fell in love with Swansboro, and it's I mean, so it's like 15 minutes from the beach, mm-hmm. but you know it's a tobacco town. Um, so it, it's like driving to the, you know, it's like driving to Ash County or West Jefferson. I mean, it's just a little country. Hick town. Yeah. Um, you know, right off the interco- interco- intercoastal. So it's like, eh, okay, I'm in the country, now I'm at the beach. I'm in the country, now I'm at the beach. And it yeah. just has that small town country vibe that we like. And it's like, so we can move there. Um There's all kinds of hunting land there. Yeah. Um Yeah, my uh, buddy Billy, lakes, he's, got and, a, he's
0: got a place down in Holden. And yeah. it's very similar. Cause, you know, Holden Beach is basically like a little tiny island yeah, oh, yeah. with some beach front. Yeah. But most of the houses are, like, you know, back off in the country. He's yeah. got a um, public game lands,
1: yeah. like, half a mile from his house. See, that's the way. So it sounds
0: it, very similar to that.
1: It's yeah. very, I mean, you got intercoastal on one side, the White oak lake on the other side, and, you know, all kinds of tributaries and, and river streams of fish and all those things. So, I mean, you know, you got the best of both worlds, salt water, fresh water mixture um, yeah. to, you know, get out and fish and and then you can shoot thirty minutes up and hit Beaufort and get in the water in Beaufort and head out to you know uh, lighthouse there or you can shoot, you know, towarding drive an hour, hit Wilmington and all that. So, Sounds awesome besides the hurricanes. Yeah, you just gotta just just bend over and grab your ankles. Yeah, I was about to say. Make sure you have a nice block house. Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah. That's above water. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, by the seven years, I'm saying I guess the ocean levels will be pretty high then. After all, after the more of the icebergs continue to melt. Oh my goodness, climate change is a myth, man. It is not a myth. <laughs> it totally changes every day. Yeah. It was colder It was colder yesterday. confusing
0: temperature and climate from my understanding.
1: That is totally no, not. I just read it, all, it on Facebook and say it's all part of the same same thing it's it, temperature is controlled by climate i wish i had my kid here because he would like just land blast somebody <laughs> what let me explain moment. to you how <laughs> <Yeah>. this works because <laughs> you don't know how many times yeah. I, so-and-so has been into a conversation and he looks at me and he goes that is rid- the most ridiculous thing i've ever heard that's not how it works at all <laughs> and you're like oh god here we go nice. and he goes into this well this is how a front works yeah, but yeah, uh, gotcha. He'll be a meteorologist one day, making good, good cool. money, being wrong about the weather. Well, I mean, you ain't got to be right to get paid, you know. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> best he's job gonna, on the planet. He's going to be the one that though it's going to be like me, where he's like fixated on being right, or he's not happy about it.
0: Yeah, you know? gotcha. All right, so to recap, professional personal goals. Find goals for yourself. You know, depending on what your industry is. Find something that fits. You know, find long-term goals, whether it's retirement or whatever. Yeah. Mid-term goals. You know, maybe you want to run your own show. Maybe you want to work for yourself. Short-term yeah. goals. Maybe you want to learn how to communicate with the employees that you work with. Or maybe you want to learn new facets of the injury, that, in, injury industry that you're in. Like myself, you know, I'm trying to learn more about the marketing side of things. I may hate it. But I'm still trying to learn more about it to where I can be more successful right. at it as a whole. Learn per- more about yourself. Yeah, exactly. Same thing on personal goals. Sometimes it's just self-discovery. Go Try. on a
1: walkabout. Do some meditation. In fact, check out Myers-Briggs. If you've never done Myers-Briggs, you should. I think everybody should do that. I don't know what that is. Then you should do it. Cool. You going to give you- us a brief synopsis? Uh, No. Just oh, is that the personality metrics. test? Absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have done that. Yeah. Yeah. It, it realistically, it'll, it'll blow. Your, it'll blow your mind. I did mine years and years ago when I was in. I believe my some of that first degree in leadership. Yeah. At, and I did, but that's the that is the stuff that I when I finally understood because I kept hitting those hit those hit button matches with the person that would tell you that. Well, you got to leave your emotion out of this. And I go, well, I can't do that. Well, you got to do that to be in this kind of work. Yeah. You got to leave the emotion out of it. But then I went I admired Briggs. Well, here's my personality trait. Can't just leave it out. It's who <laughs> I am. Path. You know. Yeah. But then, so then you find out how to use it. Um, okay, that's know. pretty
0: interesting. I will have to try that out. I remember doing it like back in college. That, that was one, one of our There's... psychological or in our psych 101. We had to take that and like learn
1: about it but i didn't and there's the emotional, stock into it. the emotional iq one too that's really good um i can send you that one okay. like we got it um that that one's once you figure that one out then you figure out your emotional iq that one's a really good one you'll find out real quick if you even if you even understand your own emotions yeah and if you don't that's that's definitely a goal
0: yeah all right everybody thank you for listening And we'll be talking to you soon. I think uh, Monday we got Mark on the podcast. He's coming in at four. So Monday will be another podcast on mindset. And Mark is one of my clients and just all around awesome dude. Anytime you talk about mindset, Mark is in or anytime I talk about my, my mindset, Mark is in the conversation. He's just such a motivational guy. And you could not ask for a better client. I tell him to run through the wall he's going to headbutt it as many times as he has to to where he can run through it. I mean, he's just a soldier. He really is. Less me, more Mark.
1: (laughs) Next week. All right. Thank you for listening, everybody. Bye. Later.